Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, this is Joey C. And welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me, as always, is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. And we have our friend Kathy back with us today. Hi, Joy. Hi, Kelly. Hey. All right. So what are we going to talk about today? Magical tools and toys. (laughs) Yay. So what are magical tools and toys? A magical tool or toy is is anything that we use. We we talked about sympathetic magic, remember, uh, in an earlier episode. And so things that are specific to... Uh, sympathetic magic sort of concepts, but they're also things that we create. So wands and um, charms and talismans and anything sort of physical uh, that we create to be something more than what it is. Um, Kathy, do you want to add to that definition? I've seen the physical crossover to the energetic because I knew someone once that created a fetish stick. Mm-hmm. and bound a spirit to it okay. and then fed the fetish stick on a regular basis and then um after feeding the fetish stick would talk to the spirit about doing positive things for this individual going and looking for a new job or a new apartment or new source of revenue or you know checking the street outside to see if it was uh raining or i can't go into all the things that he would ask for because i didn't pay all that much of attention i just recognized every now and then the spirit would show up and i'd say hi so it can be a combination of both physical and energetic or just purely energetic. I, I have a thought form that I work with for manifestation as well. So, you know, sometimes we can create on the energetic and have access to that. But 
you know, those are sort of crossovers. So I think that, that we're going to try and keep it mostly to the physical just because the, the other ones get a little complicated and, and we haven't given you a bas- basis of understanding for that conversation. So and it sounds like that fetish stick was just a uh, spiritual version of uh, Amazon Alexa. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> Find me a job. What's the weather outside? <laughs> Order me a pizza. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Okay. Yeah, so when you say that, that we're going to stick to the physical versus the, the energetic perspective, are there things that, that the listeners can actually create these tools for themselves or these toys? Sure. Yeah, that's totally doable. But but let's talk about whether or not you should first. Okay, that, that was where we were going to get to. <laughs> <laughs> so think of it if you've seen the Lord of the Rings, you've got Gandalf's staff. Um, that's a, that's a magical tool. His staff is his magical thing. So when he's standing at the pass with the ball rock and he says, you shall not pass. And he bangs the staff on the ground and boom, the energy goes across, right? That is a magical tool being used for its purpose. Awesome. Fantastic. Right. You, you've imbued this thing with this ability. And so when you have it in your possession, you have an amplified power. Okay. There should be no downside to that, right? <laughs> That's a trick Wait, question. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trick question. Um, because if you lose your magical tool, if someone takes your magical tool from you, especially, and, and you see this uh, described very well in the Harry Potter series with the Horcruxes. So the Horcruxes actually held Voldemort's essence, parts of him. And depending upon the way you, you design your tools, some people may actually do this with their tools. And so if somebody else gets their hands on it, they've got a piece of you. And that, that makes you vulnerable to a whole host of things, including, you know, stabbing with a, a basilisk tooth and killing off part of yourself, which would suck. So, um, you know, they're not wrong in the magical world about how that that process works. And even if you're not imbuing a part of yourself, you get used to using the amplifier, which means you don't have to learn how to amplify yourself. And so if you happen to be on vacation and left your magical staff at home because JetBlue doesn't like it to fit in the overhead bins, now what do you do when you need an amplifier? Well, you're used to doing that. You don't know any other way to do it. So when you create magical tools, there's a tendency to rely upon them. And then they go from tool to crutch. And so the, the warning is, while it's great to have a magical tool, you should really learn other options so that you don't get stuck in a pinch. You shouldn't rely upon it. I have one magical tool that I use, that I have consecrated for that purpose. I have two. I have a specific crystal I use when I do Reiki attunements, which I don't do very often. And I use it for that specific purpose because it has been consecrated to that purpose and it just, it holds that energy and I don't use it for anything else. And so it delivers it more effectively. Would I be able to do a Reiki attunement without it? Absolutely, not a problem, but it helps. And then I have another one that I've created that is a necklace that firms up my boundaries for me when I'm in large group environments. 
And I created it years and years and years ago because I was terrible in large group environments. It, I felt unsafe and overwhelmed by everybody's emotions and because I hadn't figured out the boundaries for empaths process. And so I have that now. And if I'm going to go into emotionally charged, large scale environments, I may still sometimes wear that just as an added little bonus. Not because I can't hold my own energy, but because if I get emotionally involved in the situation, then it, it may be more challenging for me to hold it and just having a little extra help is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that gives you an idea of a couple of ways in which you could use it. Kathy, I know you've got some tools that you've used as well. I used to use more tools differently than I do now. Mm -hmm. But um, what's happened is that as I have expanded my practice and myself, like you said, I don't want the crutch aspect of it. I don't want to be somewhere and not have the tools. Um, TSA frowns on basilisk <laughs> you know, I, I just came back from a trip and I found that same thing out. I yeah, didn't realize that. Yeah. Definitely. Sad, yeah, not, and the x-ray machines tend to get wobbly around that kind of stuff. So yeah. Um, and they don't like the potions. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> three, I wanted one, to, one. Uh, the three ounces keep as a minimum is, is definitely a severe limitation. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but I just, I wanted to be able to, um, use myself as my primary tool. So I went through this whole period where I used a lot of tools and now I still have them, uh, different ones, but I use them differently. I use them as anchor points. So I have four different um, energies in the walls of my sacred space. And each one of those energies has a magical object call it a tool. I wouldn't call it a toy. This is a tool this time that is the anchor for that energy in that space. Um, it doesn't mean that I can't um, use that energy in other spaces, um, but I can also fold over and access that space and those anchors from anywhere that I am. And, and they've been used that way for so long. They just hold that energy in that way. I don't use tools to amplify me anymore or to direct my stuff because I've found ways to do that for myself. I, I did want to throw something else in. See, I told you we share a brain. Um, <laughs> and that is that uh, I do have an additional tool that I use, and I use that very similarly to the way Kathy uses hers. Uh, and that is that I have copper balls. I was are, going to ask you if that if that's yeah. in your copper balls. We have yeah. talked about them before. Yeah, I, I have copper balls that are in the corners of my living space that I use uh, when I do public gatherings in my house and stuff. And the, the copper balls have been used, I bought them in 1998, maybe earlier. And I've used them over the years in countless healing rituals and so on. And for the last eight years, maybe longer, because I can't remember if I used them in the house before, they have held space for my uh, ritual healing spaces in my home. And so when I moved to this new location a month ago, I pulled them out to help to solidify that safe container that uh, has been in place in the previous house. People literally would walk in that house and go, oh my God, this feels amazing in here. And part of that was because I had imbued those copper balls for so many years with all this healing energy. They had held space for all of these rituals, you know, and so, and that, you know, literally it was seeping into the walls of that house 
because I'd done it there for that long. And so, you know, this house, I haven't done that here for very long, obviously. Um, but having the copper balls as a transfer point was very helpful for helping to move that very solid, very healing, very safe space from Massachusetts to Virginia. And, you know, they're, they're a passive protection system rather than an active protection system like you would create with a warding process, you know, putting protections on your house. Uh, but they also hold the energy of all of those experiences over the years. And so people are always drawn to them. They're like, ooh, what's that? I'm like, that is my, my <laughs> passive protection system. Please don't touch, you know, yeah. um, because they, they're just like, ooh. And, and the same thing with the Reiki wand that I use. If I leave it out, people are inevitably are like, ooh. I'm like, don't touch. <laughs> they're like, ooh, sorry. So, you know, then, and that's another point. It's It's kind of, random on this one but we haven't said it yet so don't just touch random things in magical people's houses if it's a crystal or if it's something that looks to be laid out like an altar or if it's you know a random copper ball in the corner that seems out of place it is not out of place i promise you it's there for a reason don't mess with it without uh, without getting permission or you will get nasty looks <laughs> from people as you as you mess with their their magical workings so it's wise to ask before touching now kathy can talk about toys <laughs> since we're talking about touching yes <laughs> you started it joey i'm sorry i so what are the four c's <laughs> <laughs> nice segue joey good say well, i'm okay. trying <laughs> so the four c's um, if you're going to create sacred tools. Um, and the first two are kind of on the same level, and that's choosing or creating. Because, you know, Kelly talked about her Reiki crystal, right? Mm -hmm. that's a, that was a chosen tool because the crystal already existed. She didn't make the crystal. She found it, bought it, was gifted it. However, it came into her possession. Um, it was chosen. So you have chosen tools. I have some stones that are chosen tools. Um, or you have uh, things that you create. At one point, I had a wand that was created and fired from clay. So choosing or creating is sort of the first level of sacred tool in terms of what are you looking to do. Now, obviously, ahead of that is what your intention is for having a sacred tool. You know, is it going to be pretty and lay on your altar and go, oh, look what I did? Um, or are you going to actually use it? Because obviously, if you're going to make a sacred tool, you want to do it with a sacred process, and you want to make sure that you're going to use it in a way that maintains its sacredness. Otherwise, uh, you know, you don't use your wand to stir the chili. <laughs> it's basically too many uses, sort of. It will make your chili taste funky and will do interesting things to the energy you're directing through the wand. So you have an intention. You, if you want a wand to help direct energy, if you want a stone to anchor earth energy to stabilize something, if you want a scrying bowl, you know, you, you have a, a dish that you put um, water in or um, that you make and, and you use that to gaze into the reflection and do intuitive work in that sense. I mean, the first thing that really comes with tools is what do you want one for and how are you going to use it? Right. Um, and then choosing or creating. Is it going to work better for you to create the tool or are you looking for something that is going to show up and you're going to know it when you see it? 
Mm -hmm. And it becomes an actual mutual choosing. You choose and or the it chooses you. Usually when I'm choosing a tool, the tool chooses me at the same time I choose it. It's a mutual agreement entered into to serve in a particular way. I, I actually forgot about Chris. I have a mutually agreed upon tool that um, wanted me to be its wielder and I agreed to be its wielder with certain caveats because of its nature. And it's a great protection spirit that basically the tool protects my house kind of like Kelly's copper balls. It's not so much healing as it is protection. Choosing or creating are the first two C's. Then the next C is cleansing. Mm -hmm. So, and this is particularly important if you have an object that you're say you're buying, okay, this is a crystal that's come into your possession, or um, now I didn't cleanse Chris, that would have been counterintuitive, but the cleansing is, okay, this object, whatever it is, has been through numerous other hands prior to coming into your possession. Um, It's picked up other energies or not, depending. You want to make sure that it is clean and clear for your usage, that it isn't carrying anybody's leftover energy, any parts of anybody else, any other usages that are in in it kind of thing. So you want to clean your tool. Now, if you created your tool, cleansing is more important at the stage of in the process of creating it, making sure that the parts that you're using to create the tool are also cleansed. You can um, use salt, you can use incense or sage, um, you can use a candle. The, basically, I use a technique where I put a bowl of salt in the north because that's earth. I put a candle in the east because for me that's fire. Um, I put incense in the south because that's air. And I put water in the west because that's spirit. And um, I light the candle and the incense. And then I take my tool or my, the things I'm going to construct my tool with. And I take them to the north and I basically salt them. And, and cleanse them because salt is earth, in a sense. It's, it's crystalline form of earth. I cleanse them in the salt. I take them to the candle. I do not set them on fire. Um, <laughs> I wave them over the, the heat of the flame and cleanse them with fire. So the, the, the heat burns away any energy that doesn't belong there that reacts to heat. Um, I take them to the incense, and I use the smoke of the incense and the air to cleanse them in that way. And then when I get to the water... Um, If they're water-soluble, you don't want to dip them in the water, but if you've got a crystal or something like that, you can actually put it in the water, and if you can't dip it in the water, then you can sprinkle it or mist it a little bit on them, but the whole idea is I'm cleansing with each of the four elements, earth, fire, air, and water, so that this tool, when I bring it back, is like completely clean and clear and ready to be dedicated to what it is that I want to use it for. And if you are confused right now because you've always heard it was earth, air, fire, water, um, (laughs) yes, you are confused. And yes, it's all Kathy's fault. Yes, it is. Um, Kathy is is backwards in her middle two from what the vast majority of other traditions are. And there's a good reason for it. And I'm not going to go into it here, but just know that there's a good reason for it. And if you like earth, air, fire, water, then just reverse them so that air is in the east and fire is in the south. And well, it does not make a difference. It, okay, it's true. Not, it won't make a difference. That's the important part here. It's not that Kathy is backwards. It's simply Kathy's that backwards. that is... <laughs> <laughs> 
that that is how she practices. Yes, and I have my own practice, and that's backwards. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. There's good reason. And when I practice Kathy's stuff, I practice in Kathy's way. And in yes. the meantime, you know, it messes with me every time she says it. So, yeah. But it doesn't, if you do air in the south and fire, or no, if you do air in the east and, see, I can't even put it your way. If you do air in the east and fire in the south, then, you know, just switch them around, use the incense and, and use the candle. But the idea is I'm using the four basic elements, the magical elements, um, to cleanse the tool or to cleanse the, the, the part that I'm going to construct the tool with. You may have a, a stone and you're going to wrap it with copper wire in some way or you know, like I did with the clay thing. Actually, I made the made the wand first, and then did the clean the wand as a as a cleanse the wand as a construct, a completed construct. So it's up to you. But the idea is, you want it to start out dedicated to your usage without holding any previous energies from any previous owners or or uses of that tool. Right. Okay. And that includes if you just bought it from a store. Yep. Okay. Especially the component parts. Exactly. So, um, and it won't make a difference which which direction you put them in. You know, it's fine. Right. So don't don't panic. I want to say that, you know, Kathy made a mention about Chris, and and uh, I want to say that if you find an object that already has a spirit within it, at this stage where you are, you should run away. Okay. Yes. Don't, don't even remotely put yourself in a position to be in relationship with, or even to touch anything that's got another entity in it because you are not strong enough to hold that. And it has the potential to take you over. You want to run away from that. That should not be something that you are messing with at this stage of your development. Okay. So, and I think that's an important PSA here because it was mentioned, but that is something that can, that can blow you up in a, in a pretty significant way. It, it right now. can blow you up at a level that somebody else has to come and depossess you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, important. And, it's and it's very, very clear. Do not even touch it. Right. It'll crawl okay. right up your hand into your body. Absolutely. Do not even touch it. Okay. If you do not want to go there because you will need assistance unless you, and I'm understanding that the people on this call are not advanced magical practitioners. No. Um, you will need assistance to get it out of you and you may not even realize it's in you. Right. If you look at something and it starts talking to you, it has a spirit in it. Do not talk back. Do not touch it. Do not collect $200. Leave. Right. This right. is, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do not go anywhere near the freaking thing. Run away. Get, get the hell out of the store because if they've got something like that where, where random people can touch it, that means they don't know what the hell they're doing anyway. And they should not, you don't want to be buying from them anyway. Okay. So let's be really clear. If something talks to you, it is not for you. At this stage. At this stage. Yeah. Yep. It can only do damage. Yep. I don't care how nice it sounds. They all sound very nice when they're trying to get you to touch them. They sound very helpful. They sound very great. Yeah, don't. Don't. Okay. All right. So I don't want to lose our four C's. You've got choose, then create, and then cleanse. So you've hit three. We've got the fourth one left to go. So I will back up and say the first thing you have to do is decide that you want to have a tool and what you want to use the tool for. Mm -hmm. Then there's the process of either choosing the tool or creating the tool. Then the third C is cleansing, which we just discussed. Okay. So the fourth C 
is consecrating. You've chosen it or created it. You've cleaned it. It's all ready to go. Now it's yours to do with it what you want to. What's the purpose you want to give it? Okay. What, what purpose, what newly defined purpose is this tool going to have for you? Is it going to be a wand to direct your energy? Is it going to be like Kelly's Reiki crystal that she uses to direct the Reiki energy in the, when she's doing Reiki healings? Is it the scrying tool where you're looking to do deep access into your intuition? Consecration is about creating a link between the tool and the purpose that you are giving it. When you consecrate a tool, you're basically imbuing it with a purpose. And it, whatever your particular practice is for how you want to do that, you know, it, let, let's say you're uh, consecrating it with fire energy. So, you know, it can be something simple. I now consecrate this tool with the energies of, pot, of fire so that it's purified and made sacred to my work. Pretty simple, right? Yeah. Consecrating the tool, energies of fire, purified and made sacred to my work. You've imbued it. You, you do this with intention. You do this with energetic clarity. And you do this with a specific labeling of purpose that you are going to use this tool for. And then you use that tool for that purpose. So for instance, the, the charm that I wore to make me feel more safe and solid in large crowds. When I consecrated that tool, which is a necklace, it's a, it's a charm on a necklace. First off, I chose something that was silver so that it would easily hold the charge and uh, that had a, a goddess figure on it with a pentacle behind it that had a protection automatically within the symbology of it. Um, and the goddess figure felt like me. So it was like, okay, I'm a, it's a protective symbol unto itself. And then uh, I cleansed it. As Kathy said, I, I bathed it in salt water. I didn't do the whole four-part ritual. And then when I consecrated it, I held it in my hand and I said, you will provide me with a sense of feeling safe. You will filter out other people's energies from my field and allow me to feel me and no one else very clear intention and very clear focus. And I held that focus and that intention until I felt like it took within the, the charm. And then I only ever wore that for that purpose. Because if you wear it for any other purpose, you now are, are pulling the, the intention out of the charm because it's no longer being used for the intent that it was designed. And you weaken it by using it in other ways. Those are your four C's. Four C's. Choose or create, cleanse, and consecrate. Correct. Well, there you go, folks. I hope you were taking notes. <laughs> Clearly, we have expired our time for this episode. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to thank you all for joining us and be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your beginner's guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta and Kathy Shiron, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. I travel over 13,000 now, I leave behind a little fear. 
Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.